Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote unquote summer body as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. Welcome back to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. This is Marley Blonsky, one of your hosts. I use she, her pronouns, and I currently live in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, I'm here today with just a real quick intro to the show and what you're about to listen um, to because it's a little bit different than our other podcasts. Um, We recorded this a couple weeks ago um, in front of a live audience in Kansas City, Missouri. We were at the Screenland Theater in Kansas City, Missouri for Bike Walk KC's annual fundraiser. Uh, Bike Walk KC is a nonprofit who um, is working to redefine 
the Kansas City, Missouri streets as places for people to build a culture of active living. Um, they are a membership-based nonprofit um, working on active transportation in the Kansas City metro region. Um, you'll hear during the conversation, um, we talk with Michael Kelly, who is the director of policy. We talk with Lauren Allen, who is a local advocate. And we talk with Amber, who is a local ride leader, um, who is new to the cycling scene. So it's a really fun conversation. We cover a lot of topics um, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Are you tired of getting caught in the rain with poorly fitting flimsy rainwear? Well, let me introduce you to Cleverhood, makers of thoughtfully designed, durable, and size-inclusive rainwear. Cleverhood is designed by women, but is made for everyone who wants to embrace the elements and enjoy the ride, no matter the weather. Cleverhood was born out of the need to make rainy days into happy days, and with multiple choices of styles and sizes, all bodies can stay dry, visible, and happy. Maggie and I especially love their rain cape. Literally, the only thing you need to fit is the head hole. Otherwise, it just fits. It's so cute and functional, and I feel like a superhero when I ride my bike in it. All of Cleverhood's designs have reflective elements thoughtfully integrated, including an option to customize it with the All Bodies on Bikes logo. They're also sustainable, with most of their fabrics made from recycled fibers and PFC-free DWRs. Social sustainability matters to Cleverhood, too, and they only work with certified producers who follow labor and environmental standards, and they give nearly 5% of their profits back to community organizations, including All Bodies on Bikes. So whether you're commuting on a dreary morning, walking your dog in the rain, or waiting for the bus, Cleverhood is a great option. And remember, you can use the code ALLWEATHER for 15% off of your order. Okay, welcome to the All Bodies on Bikes podcast, live from Kansas City, Missouri. KC! Woo! I I think y'all like football around here, I heard. Um, The Chiefs? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, go Kansas City. But I'm actually really excited because you guys are about to have a, you already have a women's soccer team. Mm-hmm. Casey Current. The KC Current. Yes. But they're about to have a brand new, like the first purpose built stadium for women, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, but we're not here to talk about soccer or football or any of that. We're here to talk about bikes and inclusion and advocacy. Um, I've got an awesome group of folks up here with me today. Um, before we get into that, though, um, something not so fun to talk about. Um, it's a a really sobering reminder of the work that we're all doing for a safer, more connected community. So this month alone, um, there's been two fatalities of um, vulnerable road users here in Kansas City. Um, there was a cyclist, Eduardo Laredo Martinez, who was killed on October 6th out in Olathe. And then there was a pedestrian, um, Michelle Dunmore, who was killed walking on Troost and 82nd, I believe. 89th. 89th, excuse me. Um, and so, you know, there's there's far too many of those that happen. Um, and so I'm just going to ask for a quick moment of silence um, and just a reminder of why this work is so crucial. So if you'll join me in that real quickly. All right. Thank you so much. Um, so I'm going to introduce the folks that we have up here on stage tonight. Um, so I've got Michael Kelly. 
Lauren Allen and Amber Edmonds. So Michael leads BikeWalk KC's efforts to advocate for the policies, plans, and projects which make it safer and easier for people to walk, roll, bike, and use public transit across the KC Metro. He's nationally recognized for his work on complete streets legislation, as well as decriminalizing mobility. We'll talk about that because that's a really important thing that you're doing. Um, a little bit of background on Bike Walk KC. Folks in the room have heard about it, but for folks in the podcast, it's a little bit new. So Bike Walk KC's mission is to redefine our streets as places for people to build a culture of active living. They work to accomplish this through efforts in five key areas, education, policy and advocacy, community planning, data and research, and operating the regional bike share system. Lauren Allen started Women-Led Cycling this past May in an effort to create a safe and inclusive space for women, transgender, femme, non-binary, and LGBTQ plus cyclists in Kansas City to break down the barriers for cyclists through thoughtfully designed resources and routes and to bring a group ride to Waldo, um, which Waldo is a neighborhood in Kansas City. <laughs> um, by day, Lauren is a mom and leads a team of designers at a marketing and strategy agency based out of Washington, D.C. Um, a little bit more about Bike Walk KC, excuse me, about Women Bike KC. Um, so Women Bike KC is an initiative of Bike Walk KC that provides education, resources, and encouragement to get more cisgender and transgender women, femme, and non-binary people on bikes, participating in our community as riders and leaders. So that's part of bike walk. That is part of bike walk. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> but complementary efforts. Um, and we'll talk about why creating spaces specifically for um, women um, and femme identifying folks is important. And then Amber, here to my right, um, Amber bakes. Baking is the... I would like to try some of your baked goods. Sorry, you make any that's okay. <laughs> so baking is the method by which many people know her and she adores doing it. She avidly engages with the queer community here in Transit City. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's pointing to her shirt that has like the, is that the Kansas City logo? Yeah, yeah. City of Fountains. Okay. City of Fountains, City of Fountains um, in the trans pride colors. Um, so very cool there. Um, gosh, Amber picked up biking through a series of suggestions and offered options in mid-2022 from the first cutting of figurative teeth in the parking lot behind the Social Security Administration to a very <laughs> to a very long and also very short ride on Rock Island to now, she has never felt that itch for biking ebb. In her day labor, she is a statistician in flannel for a construction equipment rental company. Oh, I love it. I love it. You got it all. Um, Amber is also a leader of Party Pace Peddlers. Um, Party Pace Peddlers formed with the explicit, explicit intention of lowering barriers to entry for biking. Barriers of speed, of distance, of difficulty, all diminished or dismantled. Eli Kosko, who, fun fact, is our Albuquerque chapter lead, um, in early 22, wanted a place to ride with friends in a not intense, at not race pace, and with no drops. So they made it. They just started doing it and inviting people to do it with them. And along the way, Eli picked up two consistent members, Ryan Dahmer and Amber Edmonds, who have carried that sentiment of optionality forward well into 2023 and hopefully beyond. So please welcome our guests and we'll dive into some questions. 
and we'll just take turns if you can hold both mics so we actually get the recording. I'm hoping technology is not my strong suit and I googled and googled and googled how to record a live podcast and I'm just doing it on my phone. So we'll see. <laughs> Fingers crossed that this works. Um, if anybody's an AV uh, genius and you want to connect later on how to make this better, I'm here for it. Um, so each of you are working individually um, and collectively toward a more inclusive, safe, and accessible Kansas City. Can you each give us kind of a brief description or introduction to the work that you're doing? Uh, okay, I guess I'm first. Uh, oh, this is Amber speaking, by the way. Um, uh, doing it is the, the first thing. Um, okay, I'm settling my nerves. Um, you're doing great. Uh, yeah, doing it. Um, just by in performance. It's like the old adage that actions speak louder than words, right? So just by being inclusive, by explicitly making a space where anybody queer, like gender queer, the sexuality queer, like um, uh, feels safe to be open and themselves. And like that explicitly was definitively party pace in the beginning. In fact, it was queer dominant um, and it's kind of like Ryan who I co-lead it with these days uh, is like oh dang I'm, I'm outnumbered here yes <laughs> yes you are Ryan um, uh, but yeah um, just being open and inviting and explicitly saying like yeah we're just here to be chill and to be calm and then also sort of recognizing the ways that like being queer couple with like methods of mobility and action and like also issues of housing and issues of healthcare, um, which I have a funny story for later with healthcare. But um, yeah, that's that's my long winded ramble on that. I'll hand it off to someone else, please. Um, hello, this is Michael. Um, so um, it really kind of manifests in terms of the work that we do in, in a number of different ways. So um, there is no such thing as a normal day for, for the policy team. So earlier this afternoon, I was actually out um, at 89th and Troost with the family of Michelle Dunmore, um, walking along that segment, um, listening to their pleas for, for safer streets and um, talking with them about how we can make those changes happen. Um, the day before, I was in Lenexa speaking with uh, folks from KDOT about how we can work to implement the statewide active transportation plan that was just implemented. And on Monday, it was trying to figure out um, how we're uh, going to approach uh, another panel discussion um, in New York City about winning local campaigns. So when it comes to policy, it really is policies, plans, and projects at, at all levels. And in um, we're really fortunate that we have so many good uh, volunteers and folks like you in the audience and listeners on the podcast who are willing to ask those questions and do those things because the common thing that I tell people who are interested in this work is that nothing happens because of me, it happens because of we. Um, when we talk about um, certain things that have happened, like Armour Road, for example, here in North Kansas City, for, for people in the audience or listeners who might not be familiar, um, Armour Road is a great example of advocacy in action. So um, the project was a year-long process where um, the community decided that they wanted to build safer, more complete streets. And the city council initially listened. They built um, better sidewalks. They built the, the bike lanes that you see out there. 
Um, but very shortly after it was completed, there were a small but vocal group of drivers who don't live in the city who complained about having to slow down for 30 seconds. And you laugh, but um, the city council called a special meeting where we later learned they were planning to introduce legislation to rip out that project. And so working with advocates and folks in North Kansas City, we rallied support and on the night of the meeting, what started out as what was supposed to be a one-hour meeting turned into a three-hour meeting. And by the end of that meeting, advocates had convinced the city council to keep the project in place. So it is truly a result of you all that we are able to do the things that we do at the local, the state, and the federal level. <laughs> You can tell, you can definitely tell which one of us like talks to people for a living because <laughs> me and Amber definitely be living that remote life, <laughs> but I'm going to also call my neighbors. Um, I, yeah, so gosh, um, I started women-led cycling in May, so it's still very, very new. Um, I had not heard of party pace peddlers at the time, unfortunately, but um you know, I'd been going to lots of different rides. A lot of them are starting up here in beautiful North Kansas City. And I had just moved down to what I will call Waldo, even though I technically live in Brookside. Nobody on the podcast cares. <laughs> um, but um, we might have a few, might have a few local yeah. KC folks. You never yeah. know. So much neighborhood pride and opinions. Um, but uh, anyways, so, you know, th there's a woman who uh leads one of the rides up here in north kc and she said she put out a post like is anyone thinking about starting a ride you know further south in the city and i had just kind of gotten out of a negative experience with a different bike uh community and i was like you know what like i'm really tired of dealing with cis white men's bs um i'm gonna start my own thing and i've got a lot of really great friends who i think could help me so i just started pestering them to Help me with all the things that I'm not good at, um, like making routes. I've been known to like get people into some pretty sketchy situations. So <laughs> <laughs> I lean on my friends with better navigational skills. Um, but I'm a graphic designer by day. So the other part of women-led cycling is making, uh, taking information that might be intimidating uh, in the bike scene and might make people feel unwelcome and turning it into something that's like fun and even funny. Um, and, using illustration and just sort of trying to make biking seem less intimidating, intimidating with design. Awesome. Thank you. So this next question, um, I, I'm curious about it from both a everyday person riding your bike or walking with your kids or trying to get somewhere, but also from a policy perspective. Um, so what are some of the biggest challenges facing active transportation in the Kansas City Metro. <laughs> oh man, we're going to be here a long night. Um so <laughs> So, yes. So I'll I'll try to cover the the high level stuff uh uh 30,000 feet view from two wheels. Um so in in terms of the the challenges, I think that uh a big challenge is that from a policy standpoint, we often struggle to do to act on things until something bad happens. So oftentimes what happens is someone is injured or killed and 
there is a policy window that is created by that injury or death that prompts people to action. The other problem that often happens is that even when we do something that everyone theoretically agrees needs to happen, it is trying to keep that in place and build off of that. That is also a challenge. And, and so it is, you couple those things with some of the bureaucratic challenges that you often run into. And, and this is getting a little bit into the weeds, but in Kansas, things are much more centralized. So things that come from Topeka are essentially gospel for the rest of the state, whereas it's much more decentralized in Missouri. And so KC area might like it, but St. Louis doesn't. So once again, St. Louis falls behind. And so, <laughs> and so, um, is there a weird rivalry between Kansas City and St. Louis? It would be a rivalry if Kansas, if St. Louis was on our level. Sorry to your St. Louis listeners, it's just the truth. Um, so, but all that's to say that a big challenge is just not just building the momentum to get something done, but keeping the momentum going, especially with electeds that are, are very quick to say the right thing when cameras are in front of them, but are very slow to do the right thing when the chips are down and they're getting yelled at by a vocal minority. Thank you. Anything to add? I'll be really short. Um, you know, the only other thing I was thinking is like that it just takes one scary intersection to cancel a ride. Um, and like we have a lot of those in Kansas City, um, especially if you're towing a kid. Like there are certain streets where you're like, yeah, you know, this might be fine by myself. But like if something happened and I was pulling my kid, I could never live with myself. Like it just takes one spot. And there was a recent bike walk campaign um, it was connect our trails and we just had this like one block stretch that was real sketchy and lots of bad things happened on that stretch and he did a really great report about it um but like uh you know that little stretch like made all the difference in people getting from point a to point b sure thank you and i know that's something that many cities struggle with i moved to arkansas recently from seattle and there was a section called the missing link that they've literally been fighting over for 20 years and I think they just got sued, like almost a class action lawsuit. Enough people have been injured there. So I don't want to like say you're in good company because it's not good company. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a common challenge, I think. Um, so let's talk about the more positive side of things. Um, can each of you just you know talk about some quick successes um, that you've had in your work? Um, okay, this uh, uh, I guess I'm talking again. Um, uh, I don't know. I consider it a success whenever people come back and start biking again. Actually, yeah, that's one success um, that like um, people who haven't biked in like a decade or so. And they're like, oh, I don't know how to do it. And and I say, well, <laughs> I didn't know until I was 32. So come on. Um, I mean, no pressure. It's valid if you don't want to go. Um, but yeah, like anytime. And we've had a handful of people come through Party Pace who are just riding for the first time in a long time. And to me, that's a really great success to just see them get back at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Um, so one um, success story um, from, from Leewood um, is uh, there's this woman, Leah Moggins. Um, she has a, um, I guess, nine-year-old son now who 
was trying to cross the street um, at an intersection and was um, unfortunately struck and seriously injured. He survived, but um, Leah, like any mother, was rightfully irritated about the fact that there was not a safe crossing there. And so she um, asked us, you know, how can I push for that change? And so she went to um, the area engineer. They said no. She went to the committee. They said no. And she stayed at it. We we worked with her to build a coalition with her neighbors, to get people to show up, to rally support to her council member. And she not only was able to get the crosswalk installed, she was able to get the city of Leewood to adopt a crosswalk installation policy to make it easier for others down the stretch. And so Ooh. it really is about making those small things that create the momentum to be able to do the bigger things um, in communities across the metro. Lauren again. Um, I also just wanted to add one thing about Party Pace, like which is super extra cool for brand new cyclists or people who are back at it. Is that is that group ride is completely car free, like it is a trail. So I have I know so many people who have been in bad bike accidents and they're you know trying to work through that trauma and to be able to go to a group ride where there's other people and they're having a good time and there's no stress of like cars is super cool. So. Uh, okay. I will just, I guess one success we had recently was we did a, a gear swap and shop. So it was, um, WTFNB, which is women trans femme non-binary. Um, and the goal was just to break down the barriers of, um, the cost of cycling gear. So everybody brought the stuff that they didn't want anymore, didn't fit anymore or whatever. And, you know, most people just got a bunch of stuff for free. Um, and we had a really great time and then we rode bikes after, um, it was, it was really cool. And Amber did bake things yeah. for it. <laughs> and it was really good. I, I love that so much. And actually I sent a, a bag of clothes up here because gear swaps are like one of my favorite things. And as a plus size babe, um, you often don't find things in your size. Um, and I've been fortunate to blessed the bike industry just sends me things brands send me things and um i'm so thankful when i get to pass it on to other folks um because i only have one but i only need one pair of shorts at a time like <laughs> other people can have seven um so a couple more questions here um so cultivating an inclusive space does not happen overnight um what advice do you have for other folks either in like the policy advocacy realm trying to learn about it get involved or community building world um, so, especially when it comes to policy, a lot of it just begins with with asking questions. So, um, have you had a conversation with your council member? So, folks in the audience, um, I know people on the podcast won't see this. Can you raise your hand if you know who your council member is? Oh, wow! Oh, this is fantastic. It's an engaged okay. audience. Yes. Okay. So, so you guys already have like the first big step taken care of, which is know your electeds and know that they know you. Um, the other thing is in your community, if you have a uh, bicycle pedestrian advisory committee, going to those meetings and making yourself known there, or if you don't have one, there is an advocacy campaign for you right there. And we're happy to help you with that. It is really about trying to basically find the champions um, internally and externally who can help you to advocate for those small things, whether it be a crosswalk, whether it be um, adding in a bike lane somewhere, whether it be adding in bike parking in front of a grocery store, for instance. All of those things take often take multiple people asking for those things and pushing their leaders to make that change. 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, um, I'm a graphic designer. I work, you know, in the marketing realm. So I'm constantly trying to uh, take complicated information and make it as simple and accessible as possible. Um, so that goes a really long way. Marley, I know you mentioned that before as well, and you're working on a blog post about it, which is really cool. Um, but I love making Instagram carousels and like explaining complicated, hard, nuanced things. Um, I recently partnered, um, women led, uh, partnered with some folks in Lawrence and we, um, had an, uh, a showing of folks. I'm not going to call it a protest because really it wasn't a protest. Um, but we uh, gathered with some folks in Lawrence and we held space for transgender cyclists harmed by discriminatory racing policies um, for this race. So, um, you know, we, and I say it's not a protest because we showed up and we cheered, but we also, you know, held signs and had really great conversations with people. So um, how to turn that into advice? I don't know. You figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to take what you said and interpret it. Basically use whatever skills you have to make that more inclusive. So whether it's graphic design or bike or ride leading or baking so people don't get too hungry on a ride. Um, I think we all have a part to play is what I'm hearing mm -hmm. you all say. Anything you want to add? Yes. Um, I'll be brief. I I'm like my actual trade is a statistician. It's very... It's exciting to me. It's boring to most people. Um, but, uh, like, I think a lot about coupled equations. Um, that's like when the effect of one equation feeds into the next. So, like, maybe you aren't a cyclist. Maybe you don't, like, care about biking at all. But you do care about affordable housing. Um, if you push on that node, you end up influencing the biking um, if you push for the like expansion of zoning to allow for the middle housing for triplexes, corplexes, sexplex? Nope, I don't think that's the word. Um, that, the sixplex, whatever that is. Um, then you are like advocating for a higher density. You're advocating for more mobility in that space, and that's because these things affect one another. So, yeah. Yeah, I just really want to echo that point, especially with the housing. Like that's been something that BikeWalk KC has really been trying to lean into more is building coalitions with our housing partners, whether that be LISC, whether that be KC Tenants. Um, we do that work because we understand that there is there is intersectionality between housing and transportation. Like we cannot solve sustainability issues. We cannot solve living wage issues. We cannot solve equity issues um, unless we are working at that intersection of policy. And so um, absolutely just want to echo those things and thank you for bringing that up. I love conversations like this. It almost feels like we are like digging into war on cars territory. If folks are familiar with war on cars um it's another excellent podcast highly recommend you listen to it and you will never look at your streets the same way again um so we've got about five minutes left um i'm gonna ask each of our guests um uh kind of lightning round question and then we've got one last question and we're gonna wrap up um so lauren we're gonna start with you if that's okay um so women-led cycling does a lot besides just bike rides kind of talked about that a little bit but can you talk about why that's important and some of the other work you've been doing yeah i can 
Um, so, you know, I've gone over some of this before, so I can keep it pretty brief, but, you know, a huge part of it is just partnering with people like, you know, bike walks like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? Yes. Uh, I have a really, really bad problem with saying no. Um, Me too. but like the farmer's market, like, Oh, Hey, the, the bike co-op is going to be set up. Like, do you want to be there? And like, Oh yeah, let's plan a whole thing. Um, Yes, 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 yes. So like partnering with all these different people, meeting people along the way, making connections along the way, it's all been very organic and growing quickly. Um, but as far as like the importance of it, um, you know, I think that Kansas City in its current state is a bit disconnected. Um, it's a medium sized city, but it's really easy to not know about a lot of things because it is so spread out. And so I think that the more we partner and work together, um, like there could not possibly be too many inclusive rides anywhere. Um, so it's not a competition. It's like, Hey, let's do this thing and partner together and get involved and, and lift each other up, um, and just scoop up people along the way and have a good time. I love that. Thank you. Um, Michael, um, you touched on this a briefly, but for folks who aren't steeped in this work day in and day out, um, getting involved in policy and advocacy can be very challenging. Um, what guidance do you have to help people begin to understand the policy landscape and how they can get involved? Sure. So beyond what I said, um, looking at things like uh, your city's plans, it, it is it can seem kind of boring and tedious, but knowing about elements of your comprehensive plan, does your city have a walkability plan? Do you have a bike plan? If you don't have those things, those are things that you can advocate for. It is very much about doing everything you can to not only build your coalition, but to make yourself an expert. Because oftentimes when you step into the room with that knowledge, you can not only show that you mean business, but also convince the naysayers that, yes, this is something that we really do need to focus on. So it is as much about building up your own individual knowledge as it is building a coalition of folks who are willing to bang the drums to get the things done that need to get done. Thank you. And Amber, um, I don't know if we've really made this point clear, but you're pretty new to the cycling world, um, going from a non-rider to participating in Grounded Nebraska, which if you're a podcast listener, we had them on the show two weeks ago. Go listen to it if you're like, what's Grounded Nebraska? I'm not going to tell you. Go listen to it. Uh, <laughs> um, so now you're a ride leader. Um, what has that journey been like? Um, what keeps you going in this kind of often thankless work? Um, but, well, like for me, it's like, definitively not thankless um like people thank me a lot for 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 being around and uh, like so i just i just say oh you're welcome and i run away um but yeah uh i don't know like i mean it it's just the first time that i did like rock island was with my fr my very good friend uh anna bauer and um she stuck with me the entire way for seven miles over an hour and 45 minutes. Um, it's, it's so flat. It took so long, but she stuck with me. And I don't know that like I am the sweep in party pace. So I literally do not lead it. Um, like I'm at the back and that's by choice now because I just never discount the ability to stay behind and stick with someone who might be struggling a bit or maybe just wants to take it slow. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what keeps me going, that remembrance of just how nice that was. Um, yeah, just, yeah, sure, that's it. <laughs> I 
love that. And I'm really glad that it doesn't feel thankless to you. So that, that gives me hope. Um, that is all the time that we have. Um, I had one last question for you all, and we're actually we're going to do it because I'm going to do it. Um, but very, very briefly, um, for each of you, um, what does Kansas City look like in 5, 10, 25 years? If you could sum it up in just a sentence or two. What does Kansas City look like to you in your dream world? Um, yeah, like, I don't know, in five years, I would love there to be just a central park that is Main Street. Uh, that would be fantastic. Um, it's just a park and the light rail and uh, biking. That would be fantastic. That's not going to happen in five years, but maybe in 10, for sure. Um, a lot more rezoning. Um, and a lot more natural communities just sort of popping up and so much more biking. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Amber. Um, in the future, just throwing all those numbers out there, is I see a, a Kansas City where um, biking is something that brings joy um, not just to everyone here, but especially to um, disabled folks, to black and brown folks, um, because there are many parts of our city where black and brown folks rely on walking, biking, but do not have the same facilities and the same resources. And they, people who look like me deserve to have those resources. We deserve to feel that joy and we deserve to have the protection to be able to do that on a regular basis. Yes. Um, yeah, and you know, I just kind of was thinking about uh, we're in the middle of a streetcar expansion here in Kansas City. Uh, it starts in River Market, which is the very north part of Kansas City proper, and goes all the way down to Brookside, Whole Foods. Um, so I would love to see collaboration with other alternative transportations um, with the streetcar. And I, you know, Kansas City's growing a lot. I've lived here for 12 years. Um, I see a Kansas City that continues to grow and it will get to this point where it no longer makes sense to drive into like the the middle, right? Like into downtown and crossroads and and mid and midtown and like it makes more sense to use alternative transportation and then hopefully the rest just falls into place and everyone's on a bike. <laughs> this has been such a enlightening conversation. I feel like we just, you know, brushed the surface of some of these topics. So um, really encourage everyone here to dig in more deeply. Um, I see a hand in the audience. I don't know if we're going to have time for it, but let's catch up later. Um, and really just want to thank BikeBot KC for having us. Um, they are doing a fundraiser right now. So check them out. Um, if you do not live in Kansas City for folks on the podcast, check out your local um, biking pedestrian advocacy organization. I can almost guarantee you there is one. If not, consider starting one. Um, and with that, this has been an All Bodies on Bikes podcast. Thank you all so much. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening. Thank you.